Hey everyone, welcome to Hashtag Real Life. Abby and Danielle here. At Hashtag Real Life, we want to bring the essence of conversations back into our day-to-day lives. We want to tell the stories of the people around us with no topic off the table. Our hope is to create a safe space for ourselves, guests, and our listeners, all while bringing our authentic selves to create rambling but beautiful content. Now, let's talk about some stuff. Hey, hey, we're back, we're back, we're back. Yes. Welcome to Hashtag Real Life. Uh, you can't hear it, but I'm wearing a hat and Danielle's not. <laughs> yes. We did what is little, this world? I know we did a little flippy floppy. I mean, it wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work with my headphones. So, I mean, we tried a few things and here we are. <laughs> here we are. And then I put the hat on and then realized I didn't like it without it. So now I'm zooming with a hat. We're just finding new things about each other. You know, we're just going, going through all the things. Well, we might as well jump right into it with someone who loves to find new things about all sorts of different people. We have a repeat guest. Our first repeat guest. Yes, our first repeat, repeat guest. One of our guests that was there with us from the very beginning, our cheerleader from the beginning. She is our resident Enneagram coach. Miss Chelsea Ingle is what up, everybody. House. That's right. You heard it. I took Abby's advice and became an Enneagram coach. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> also, if you listen to my first episode, I wasn't an Enneagram coach at that time. And I re-listened to it and I was like, hmm, you definitely weren't an Enneagram coach yet. <laughs> it's not wrong information. It's just like it's I've nuanced it quite a bit since then. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it showed your passion for it from the beginning. So, I mean, it basically was your like origin story, I guess, if you will, you know, everyone has to start from somewhere. So I just, I do every time someone asks me, like, how'd you decide to become an Enneagram coach? I'm like, I was on my friend. Well, there's like the first part of the story. And then it's like, well, it's on my friend's podcast. And one was like, you should be an Enneagram coach. And I was just like, stop the presses <laughs> literally like got to my computer and did the crazy cat typing thing like enneagram coaching certification and several months later i was a certified enneagram coach and then not only that but miss abby scott was my first full-time client i was i was yes i love to learn more about myself so <laughs> chelsea uh fed into that love of mine <laughs> Yes. I love when people love to learn about themselves and will give me a chance. And I learned so much with working with you, but it was so funny because like when you were, when I was doing like, speaking of what's changed since the last time, uh, that I was on the podcast, um, we thought you were a two because I was like, oh yeah, as a two, like blah, blah, blah. And you're kind of like, yeah, you know, um, and then, and then how the story goes is that Danielle and Chelsea were talking amongst themselves and then they're like hope you don't sound this <laughs> hope you don't think this sounds bad but we neither of us think you're a two and I'm like okay we just you know we just were, we're hearing some things seeing some things like I'm, I'm uh. like Abby you're a good person but uh, I don't think you're a helper right. well it wasn't that it's not I know, I know. Right. it yeah. was more the like I know the weaknesses of the two so well because it's my weakness. And so I feel like that I could just, I could just feel this vibe. I, you know, I don't want to be too whatever about it, but I do. I really just get feelings from some people about what their type could be, um, even through a computer screen. And 
obviously I can't know without talking to them, but I do think it's part of my tunis that I'm able to kind of like get feelings and vibes. And I'm very aware and keen to like the way people are processing things and all of that. And so I had been doing that prior to actually coaching. I just got better at it and honed the skill once I've started doing it. So, um, it's, it is, it's a complex thing. It's difficult. Many people struggle to find their core type and that's why having a coach is phenomenal to help you get started. So that's what we did. We did a typing session. Abby, like helped me out so much. I had to do all this like video recording and everything for my, um, typing or for my, uh, whatchamacallit certification. And so I was like, can I record you? And she totally let me, it was amazing. And we found out that Abby's not a two, she's a Six. Okay. Loyal before that, I thought I was a one. Yes. So we went through a lot of changes in a few months. Mm-hmm. Lots of self-discovery. And, uh, Any other six out there will know that is a very common issue, I guess you would say. I don't really think it's an issue, but it's a common occurrence for type sixes to struggle to find their type mm-hmm. because sixes are the most unique in the structure where they have phobic and counterphobic. So they can look completely different in the moment, um, depending on what they're talking about. And also their core fears and desires, like core fear is fear itself. Core desire is security, stability, a sense of groundedness, safety. And sometimes they don't recognize that that's what they're searching for. And they think they're searching for love or goodness or success or those things. But really first they're searching for that security and then comes the goodness, the success, the love. I think I just said success, sex instead <laughs> <Yeah>. of <laughs> party and flip. Um, All right. Yeah. Looking forward to that six. Uh, <laughs> sexy six. Um, but it is a super common because sixes can really look like ones, twos, threes, and eights. So, um, and they're already inherently skeptical people. They are called the loyal skeptics. So they're kind of like, and they have a hard time making a decision for sure. So they're not ever feeling fully sure about something. So that's so why I was like, I, I'm always like, I just want to help sixes learn their types so they can feel more sure about it and sit in it and then grow. And I've been really lucky to have a couple six, um, clients and and do that with them. So it's been a fun journey. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, you've briefed on, you know, my journey with you. And since then you've had tons of different clients, but what is, I mean, roll it back for people who don't know you, what is the name of your coaching business and like summary, summaration? Well, geez, here we are. (laughs) Uh, Summary. What do you like? What do you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I did just kind of jump in. Like everybody's heard all the episodes like me because I listen every week, but anyway, (laughs) number one fan. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I'm Chelsea Ingle. I previously, if you just listened to the other episode I was on last year, I had quit teaching and I was looking and searching for like what it was I wanted to do. Um, got the Enneagram certification. Like we talked about, I had to come up with a name and I just was sitting there. I'm kind of a decisive person. I don't know why I just kind of go with whatever. And I, one day I was like elite Enneagram coaching with Chelsea Ingle. I'm like, it has a ring to it. So I don't know if it was you, Danielle, that I sent him. I'm like, what do you think about elite Enneagram coaching? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Living yeah. Elite life. Like, I know. I was like, Ooh, like, it seems like, so like 
and fancy like I don't know yeah it's yes. elite life Danielle will always be my hype girl too so I'm like either, either way I think she would tell me if it was a stupid name so <laughs> yeah she'd be like no, I'd love I'm, it I'd be like I don't know that, that it is interesting is probably yeah. what I would say Danielle would still be positive but be like oh like let's do something different <laughs> right what else you got cooking up there you know <laughs> right so yeah I went with elite Enneagram coaching started getting onto Instagram, which like literally had not really done before. Um, besides just a few things here and there, like pictures of my kids, food, the, the huge, um, and, you know, just started to try to build a following with sharing as much educational content as possible. My goal as a coach is to uh, create kind of a community of people who ha- are the most knowledgeable about the Enneagram as possible to sort of just get to some of the depths of the Enneagram rather than, you know, just memes. And there's a lot of meme accounts out there that are really funny. And, you know, I still like to share memes sometimes for us to laugh at ourselves. But um, coming from an educational background, I really like to go to the in-depth information and I put a lot of mini guides out and just kind of try to share as much of my knowledge as possible with people so that they can connect with that and then hopefully connect with me. Um, and so I do typing sessions, which is just a way of saying like helping people to figure out what their type is, but it's so much more than that. Um, and Abby, you did my old school typing session. So, um, I've added a ton and Danielle is pretty, Danielle's pretty well versed in what's all included in my <laughs> Yeah, it's quite a, there's quite a few bells and whistles, but it's a good one, guys. It's good. It's, um, it's so quite in depth. It's good. <laughs> we basically go through and help, um, like you'll take a test and then I will, um, take those results and then have a typing session created for you where we talk about your stances, your conflict reaction styles. Uh, we go through your types, your true false questions. Um, we go through some feelings work to help you understand your centers. And then we really hone in on the core desires because that is what makes your Enneagram type. So, um, then you have a ton of resources to go with from there. If you choose to like, just kind of do your own thing, research, search around, that's fine. I also have a couple other sessions I've created, which is a get on my level session, which helps you to figure out what level of development you might currently be at and some growth encouragement with that. And then of course my eight week elite life experience, which is the whole shebang, um, one-to-one coaching for eight weeks, covering your um, Enneagram type in depth. And the hope is to help you beat stress and overwhelm by the time you are through the program so that you have strategies to, you know, like I always say, it's like, I don't believe that you will not have stress afterwards. It's that you will beat the overwhelm of that stress. You'll have the awareness of what is it your type structure does when you're in stress so that you can get that, get that, uh, yellow flag and go, Oop, that's not good and back it up and use some of those strategies. So that's sort of what Abby did, but I've made again, developed it since the first time I did it. So I don't know, Abby, if you want to speak about what you thought of the experience, like the Enneagram experience or something, that would be great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, first I loved it because each week I was learning something like brand new. Like I knew of the Enneagram, but didn't know a whole lot of the like depth, like, and there's so much, right? Like you were yeah, talking about core desires and like just levels of development. And even in the program, like just being able to talk with you, it felt like a therapy session. I know I used that like terminology and that description then, but it really did. Like 
I was discussing with you the stressors I was having in my life, work, relationship, just all things. And after the program, guys, don't know if you can timeline this, but that's when I left my job and <laughs> went and started to practice. So, I mean, it, it was really life-changing in that because I had someone every week, obviously Danielle too, but I had like a second voice just to kind of bounce ideas off of and be like, you know, this, this is, uh, going really stressful. And I still have the slides in my Gmail to reference and kind of look at, oh yeah, like look at how much I've grown or, uh, how much I've changed. And I really notice when I don't stick into my like self-care practices, we said this last week, like if I'm not doing any meditation or not doing just those things to fill up my cup, then obviously I know that's a trigger for, okay. When stress happens and I'm just like all over the map, but yet I feel like overall, I feel like I'm handling stress a little bit better, excluding last week's episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, don't, overall, add any, don't add any, like things, add any, add any other additions to stress. You couldn't quite think your thoughts when you were in that mindset. Right. Exactly. Oh, like I said, I tried to deep belly breathe and I was like, this isn't working. <laughs> dying I was dying which cracks me up too that you're like oh my gosh I need to center like I gotta figure out how to like this I love it so funny it was a time but I I don't know if I did it enough justice but Chelsea I don't even think I've told you actually I don't even think I told Danielle but again I work in mental health as a lot of you know and uh we oftentimes like have providers ask for like referrals or just like suggestions, resources, and a client, apparently not mine, but someone's client through my private practice location was requesting information on the Enneagram or like someone who could do that. And I did give your name, Chelsea. So it comes up. Love it. Yes. Oh yeah. And and the therapist therapist was like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy how, um, you know, once people connect with the Enneagram, it's like they want to find a therapist that, you know, focuses on it because it's almost like they feel so seen and heard by just having that structure there. Um, and especially I think sometimes, you know, lend itself more to having that structure. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely did have a client who was like, she tried to go to therapy. It was not her thing because it felt like she was just kind of talking and not getting anywhere. She didn't feel seen. And, um, it's really hard when you're just meeting a new therapist for the first time, but when you come with an Enneagram coach, which I only work with people who are in the average levels and above. So if if they really truly need a therapist, I will refer them on. I'm not a therapist, but you know, we get into the depths of things, but you know, if I'm noticing any like trauma issues, things like that, I definitely am sure to say like, you know, have you, um, had therapy in the past? Where are you at with that? Cause I don't want to act like I'm some kind of mental health specialist or something because I am not. And I think coaches get a bad rap sometimes because they, they think that they're more qualified than they are to handle those types of things. And so I just try to tiptoe lightly around that, but you know, I do hear a lot of people kind of like, yeah, therapy wasn't for me. We just kind of sat there and talked. And that's what I love about the coaching aspect of things is there's this 
kind of a, a structure that's there. But what I try to do now, instead of just following a program is I really listen to the needs and the goals of my client and I'll just bring in whatever Enneagram, you know, piece that we need for the puzzle for that week, whether it's a childhood message type of experience, because they have things from childhood coming up or they're struggling with relationships. We'll bring that in or balancing the centers or, um, you know, looking at their growth and stress arrows. So we just kind of grab from the tool bag and make it work for them rather than me being like, okay, this week we're doing this and then we're doing this. And mm-hmm. that structure has really helped make it more meaningful for my clients as well. And I also, after working with you decided that I needed to add in a typing session for a significant other or a friend or someone as well, because once you get really deep into it, you want to talk to someone about it. And if no <laughs> one else in your life knows what their type is, it gets kind of lonely. And of course I love talking to my clients, but they want someone in their life as well. So, um, if they are, uh, if they do have a significant other, I do a couple session for them after that. Otherwise I give them an extra session of individual time. But so that's another kind of thing I've added in since, because I've noticed so many times that maybe there is those relationship things that they're doing their own growth path and journey, but their partner is not on that path. And so it starts to get kind of dicey. I'm not saying that's what happened to you, but like in several other instances and for myself, like that's how it felt too. So, um, that was something I wanted to add in, but that's so cool. Yay. Mm-hmm. Danielle, you have to, you have not done my like real coaching, but you just have to get coached with me like every freaking day. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't like went through the full program, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely get my own coaching program. <laughs> well, I was going to ask specialized coaching brokers. <laughs> Well, I was going to ask you, Danielle, like, so we know for sure Danielle's a nine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I believe I am full, full in belief, belief that I am a nine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nine with an eight wing for sure. <laughs> like, a social nine with a an social eight wing. nine with an eight wing. Yes. yes. So <laughs> for those of you. yourself. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think one thing that was really interesting, and I mean, I know Chelsea and I talked about this recently is, um, she had sent me a podcast about, the sequencing. So like social mm-hmm. self-preservation and, um, sexual. sexual yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I listened to that podcast and it was so interesting because, um, my stacking is social, sexual self-preservation. And so it was just so interesting listening to people who have the same stacking and just having self-preservation being something that is on the lower end for them. Um, and it was very eye-opening to me just understanding different things that I think about on a day-to-day basis and how different ways that maybe I'm not necessarily taking care of certain things in my life or putting things for myself first and all those things. And I mean, I know I talk about on the podcast a lot, like do things for you and like all those different things. And so I'm in full agreeance with all that, but it also is very different when it actually pertains to you. Um, and so I think that's something that I learned a lot about, um, And it was just so eye-opening in that way, like listening to other people and just, I don't know, just having that, like the self-preservation part of it, obviously like, you know, finances, um, like just taking care of yourself mentally, taking care of yourself physically, like how you're resourced physically. Yeah. Like just all of those types of things. And I don't know, it was just very, very interesting to me. And I think that would be something that was really huge that I found out about myself, um, 
also just my own like fears that I've had, uh, which I didn't think I had necessarily, but just different fears of like showing up in different spaces or just like, I don't know. I mean, I obviously am a very talkative person and things of that nature, but I think just you know, the aspect of things that I talk about, about myself or, you know, really intense, deep issues about myself or deep things that I want to talk about. Like, I think um, those are interesting things that I've stumbled upon, I guess, in my journey. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's always really interesting. And like I said, like Chelsea is our resident Enneagram coach here, and she's also my Enneagram coach in my back pocket all the time. So it's really interesting, like hearing her lens on all these things and then just like hearing other people's journeys and then just kind of being like, oh, that's interesting. Huh. Okay. <laughs> that yeah, Danielle, <laughs> Danielle gets referenced quite often because um, Enneagram nine is the most common type. And so my husband's a nine, she's a nine, there are different types of nines. So you heard her referencing the instinctual sequence. So the instinctual sequence is um, the order in which you access your instincts. So we have these instincts that are part of our gut, our gut. Um, and you know, you call them, you could say gut instincts, but it's like those animalistic pieces that you don't necessarily, um, control. They are just there. So social being how you belong in a group, um, kind of wondering what other people think about you, who's around you and how they perceive you, um, and wanting to belong in a group. Um, the self-preservation is what Danielle was talking about. That's being resourced physically, having the things I need. Um, also a lot of times it's self-preservation has to do with holding your cards a little bit more closely to yourself and not letting others know as much about you. Um, yeah, monetary resources, things like that. And then the one-to-one or sexual it's called sexual, but then in like business settings, they say one-to-one because I don't know, apparently sexual is like too much of a thing to say in the business world. (laughs) Um, but it's basically that passion and that intensity at which you go after the world, um, and which you pursue a deep connection with another human being to basically stay alive. Right. So that, that want and need to be with another human being. Um, but it, it shows up more in intensity and passion. Um, and with this sequence, you have all three of them. One of them is your dominant and the dominant is usually referred to as the subtype. So for me, my dominant is actually social. When I was first on here, I said I was sexual too, but I'm actually a social too. (laughs) And so social, then sexual is mine. Next, it's my secondary. They're almost 50-50, but social comes first for me. Um, and this is a thing that a coach can help you figure out too, because it's it's very nuanced and kind of like difficult depending on your type. Um, sexual is next for me. So I like intensely and passionately pursue my social like functionings and how I show up in the world for other people to like, you know, that's so important to me for other people to see me as loving, kind, generous, giving, um, someone they want to be around and present myself in that way. Um, and then the repressed is the last one. So repressed, meaning the one that you don't access as often, it could be kind of subconscious. You don't, you're not really aware of it. And it's a huge part of a growth journey. So just like Danielle said, her and I have the same stacking the same sequence, social, sexual, self-preservation. And we vibe with each other a hundred percent. Like we get each other. We're kind of like the same that in that sense. Um, but if it was flipped around, like my husband's self-preservation first and sexual last, 
he's very different than Danielle. He doesn't do the mediation thing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't do the mediation thing as much as she does with the social need to have people get along and be together. So it just adds this huge nuance to it. And it's super interesting depending on your type, like how it will show up for you. But, um, and that's another thing, you know, a lot of times people say Enneagram, how can there only be nine types of people in the world or nine personalities? It's not nine personalities. It's nine core fears and core desires that make up the nine Enneagram numbers, but the personalities within there are so variant either because of the wings, the instincts, the levels of development. If you're in stress, if you're in growth, it's just Mm -hmm. a very dynamic system. So yes. (laughs) Yeah. I had one, I have one of your slides pulled up here. Yeah, exactly what you said. It's like what people think they know about the Enneagram is really just those one through nine and like the stereotypes almost versus like you said, it's, there's almost a exponential amount of different types of nines or sixes or threes. And yes, so it's, yeah, it's really, really just fascinating. Absolutely. Um, You said the nines are the most common. Is that who you typically see, or do you see uh, a variety of different numbers? Um, I know that I shouldn't just say that people are numbers, but you get it. I know I get it. Um, well, the, where, where I got that data from that nine's most common is there is a, <laughs> there is just like this chart out there that kind of has like the most common, whatever. I don't know how good the data is. I'll just say that like how, um, reliable the data is, you know, they're whatever it's taken from when people take tests. And so obviously tests don't always type you correctly. In fact, majority of the time they don't. Um, so with that, it's kind of this or that, but I, I, I have typed many a nine, um, quite a few nines. And, um, it's very, uh, obvious to me from the beginning, almost that I'm working with a nine, even if their top score wasn't a nine, I start hearing them talk and I'm like, we got a nine in our presence here. Uh, <laughs> what, what am I looking for with that is just this, like the, um, I don't know. So I, I'm just going to rewind a little bit because I was thinking about this earlier the episode you guys did about talking about goals, for example, (laughs) was a perfect, I was like, there's an Enneagram six and there's an Enneagram nine. Like (laughs) Danielle's like, I don't really do goals. Not even kidding you. The next day I was working with a client and she was a type nine. And she's like, I tried to do this like goal setting class and I quit three days in. I just don't set goals. (laughs) Um, it's like a problem. They're like, because for one thing, they don't know what they're they have a hard time to know what their own opinions, thoughts, and beliefs are. I'm not saying Danielle is fully that way, but I'm just saying, generally speaking, it's a difficult thing for them to do because they merge with others' beliefs and and values and they lose themselves, fall asleep to themselves and not know for sure, like what it is they really want. And then also they're afraid to say it out loud because does it really matter? Do people want to hear it? Do I, you know, can I take up space with this? And also then the fear of change is there because they want to be, they want to be stable, comfortable, at ease, peaceful. So you add change into the mix and that makes the stability move. And so saying out loud, this like thing I might want to do is this forward motion. That's really difficult for nines who, um, need a lot of time to process things, need a lot of time to make their decision and, um, don't feel always comfortable putting themselves out there for other people to 
think something about <laughs> until yeah. they fully trust the person. And even then they still might re- not really want to share, um, you know, my husband's a nine and it's like, we're talking about something and I'm going, listen to me. I don't shut up. Like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what do you think? He's like, I'll have to think about it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, and many times when you hear Danielle, she's like talking, she'll be like, yeah, I don't know. And blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, but if you did know, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically one of those where it's like, bitch, you know, you know, you're just not saying it, you know. <laughs> yeah. So she's kind of, she still does it when we're talking sometimes, but she's like, I already know what you're going to ask. I've already thought through all the dumb questions. <laughs> like, here you go. <laughs> I know. I know. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Oh, I try to give her a break from time to time, but that goals one, I even said to her afterwards, I was like, that was freaking hilarious. It was like, it could be a meme for like nines versus sixes, uh, in their ways they set goals. <laughs> well, and the best part about it is, is like, it's hard too, because it's one of those things where it's like, like, even like, you know, Abby, when we were having that conversation, I was like, okay, well, what kind of goals are you asking me to talk about? You know, like, I was like, are we thinking career goals Are like, what? And, and I, was I like, literally, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. You're like, whatever. And I was like, okay, but like, like what goals are we going for? Are we going for like one week? Are we going for a year? Going for 10 years? Like what, what are we going here? And I was asking you those questions. And then I like, so when we were in that episode, I was like, okay, like Danielle, think, think here. And again, it's one of those things too, where it's like, it's not that I don't have goals. Like, it's not that I don't have like big goals, big aspirations or anything like that. And like, obviously I do have that. Obviously I have the drive and have all those things to have the capacity to have those goals. It's just a very interesting experience when A, I have to talk about them or B, I have to like actually put them into existence, you know? (laughs) Nines are big picture thinkers. They do a lot of the dreaming aspect of things, but then the action is where they have trouble. So they're in the the t- they're in the gut triad, which is where action takes place, but they're repressed in their gut center, just like type sixes are in the head center, but they're repressed in the head center. So that means their thinking is not productive for them. So mm-hmm. eights struggle or eights, nine struggle to, um, to get that inertia, to get moving, to get the things going, they have to work against this, um, unproductive action for them to do the things. And so a lot of times it's like, it's not even worth the effort for them sometimes if it comes to sharing their opinion or putting it out there and they have to work really hard to like, just do the things like, like Daniel was saying, like, I know I need to take care of myself. Like I know that, but then having to do that thing is a lot harder for nines. Um, and it's, it's their, it's their weakness. Type nines are, um, their weakness. Every type has a core weakness. Type six's core weakness is anxiety. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. And <laughs> type nine's core weakness is sleepwalking, sometimes called sloth, where they fall asleep to themselves, their passions and life itself. And they just kind of keep moving through. And then they're like, wait, what am I even doing here? Kind of a thing. So to be goal oriented is part of their growth path to the three. And to stay focused on those goals and take action towards, towards those goals is part of their growth path. It's not that they don't have the capacity to, it's just they have mm-hmm. to stay really focused on it and um, put all of their energies into it and then take a nap. <laughs> yeah. 
And so that's the thing. Like I obviously like I can, I mean, as people know, like I present as a very like, go, 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 go person. Like I can, I can do all sorts of different things, but it just really just, (laughs) it just depends on, you know, which level I'm at in that regard too, you know, where it's like, is it really that I'm going towards a goal or is it really that I'm just doing something you know what I mean like which it could be you know whatever but you know I mean obviously I know when I'm going towards things and when I'm not but also at the same time it's very different <laughs> well, yeah and- like go ahead Abby well I'm just gonna say it's so interesting because Danielle and I also are just an interesting like combination because our six and nine uh and right and then the three like we're in that little triad and so not to be confused with the other triads um we're just <laughs> saying lots of words today Uh, but like when I'm in growth, like I go towards nine, whereas when Danielle's in stress, she comes towards my neck of the woods. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah. So then, so yeah. So then when I'm in stress zone, I'm like, I can't do anything. Can't make decisions. I'm all over the place. And I'm just like a spinning top. That is an intense spot to be for Danielle. It is not fun. It's like, pull back, pull back over here. <laughs> like, it's not fun. Find the safety, find the safety. Yeah. And, Abby's, and Abby goes to the three, which like doubles down on the workaholic, the get more things done. And kind of like what Danielle was talking about, do things to look as though I'm getting things done, like, mm-hmm. but like spinning your wheels almost, right? Like you're not really getting things done, but it feels better to feel like you're doing things rather than not doing things. So mm-hmm. both of you have that in common, but um, in your type structure. And that's the thing. It's so hard. If you just look at the attitudes and behaviors of a type, well, yeah, I do that too. You know, I have anxiety, so, you know, but I'm not a type six because that's not my core fear and core desire. So yeah, it's, I just try to keep bringing it back to that because I'm always in these forums reading things and people are like, well, I can't tell if I'm a this or a that. And I'm like, a hire a coach, preferably me. Um, <laughs> um, but B just stick to those core fears and desires and really try to define them. So if you're, you know, on your own journey, looking through the list of core fears and desires and define them for yourself. And which one is it that you need most, which one is driving you, which one is, is like really, um, at the core of what it is you're looking for going towards. Um, and it might kind of surprise you. Like I know for Abby, you know, the safe and secure part, you were, it it didn't maybe land right away. We had to go through it. And then I'm like, once you're safe and secure, then you can feel loved and wanted. Yeah. So it's the safety security filter. Then you can feel satisfied and fulfilled. Then you can feel, um, uh, valuable and successful, serene and at peace, all those things, but safety and security is what you need first for Danielle. It's peace and serenity. So when she feels serene and at peace, then she can feel safe and secure. When she feels serene and at peace, then she can feel loved and wanted. Um, then she can feel successful and valuable, all those different, you know, things that come in. So it's, it's wild because it's like, well, yeah, everyone wants to feel loved and wanted. Everyone wants to feel, and that's true but there's one of the things that is driving you and one of the things you're running from as well. So that's what I help people figure out. Yeah. You have so much knowledge in the, in that brain of yours on all these, (laughs) all these. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just all swimming around up there constantly. (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) I can't not talk about the Enneagram. It's so annoying. Like I, we just went on a vacation, my husband and I, Every chance I got, I'd be like, you heard the Enneagram? You heard, you know, the Enneagram? 
you know the Enneagram is? And he's like, there she goes again. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, here, take my card. People think it's so interesting. And, you know, mm-hmm. I really think it's a part of my growth path mm-hmm. because as a type two, you know, I go to the type four in growth, the romantic individualist. And I grow in introspection, knowing myself uniquely, being authentically me um, and learning what my needs are, knowing what I want. And like, how much more of a growth journey did I go from being like this teacher that I thought I should be that, you know, would make other people happy to I'm an Enneagram coach, which basically people never heard of. And it's super unique. And I feel super authentic and amazing and in my space. And I don't, do I get stressed sometimes when I'm, you know, I did a workshop earlier today and I'm like, I hope I did good enough, but I'm getting so much better on my stress that I'm like, no matter what I did, it was good enough. Like mm-hmm. no matter if there's people who left and they were kind of like, meh, I'm like, I can't change that. That's not within my sphere of control, which might be another thing that <laughs> <laughs> right? sounds familiar, but yes, your sphere of control of like, this is what I can control. And that's me. That's my behaviors, my attitudes, my reactions to things, um, my feelings to a degree. You can't always control your feelings. Sometimes naturally you get a feeling that comes up. Um, and then that's something fun to explore, but I, I can control my own actions and my own, you know, ways of doing things. My sphere of influence is right outside of that. The things I can influence that are close around me, that, you know, my friends, my networks, I have my, I can influence the people on my, um, Instagram, you know, like that kind of a thing outside of that is my sphere of concern, which is things I cannot influence or control like the weather, like, I don't know, global pandemics, like, (laughs) I don't know, government mandates. Like I, I know if you are maybe someone sitting up there, you know, making the decisions, you have control over that, but everyday old me, I do not. So thinking about how much time and space I'm spending in my sphere of concern, you know, mental energy, mental space and sphere of influence. Like if that person would just do that thing, and taking all of that energy and putting it back into myself, my own thoughts, beliefs, and actions, that's where the control comes from. So when you're spinning out of control, thinking about where you are in that influence, in that concern, and can you take control of it by bringing awareness and then making a choice? So I'm going to bring awareness to this thing of how I'm feeling about it, what I want to do about it, and then I make a choice. I can talk to the person. I can let it go. I can whatever that choice is going to be. And that's something I really work on with my clients too, is because that choice piece can be really hard because especially setting boundaries for certain types is quite difficult. So that's where the boundary setting can come in too. Yeah. Well, you have done so much in the last year growing your business. Like you have a pop in Instagram. Uh, and how did these workshops come to be? Cause yeah, you're, you've been doing quite a few like, and I just want to more. <laughs> well, the universe, I will say, has been very kind to me. Um, I've been trying to manifest things, definitely. Um, the power of the universe, putting things out there. So right now, I was going to say someday, everyone listening to this is going to want to go on a retreat with me to yes. some tropical location, learn about yes. the Instagram. We're going. We're going. So when are we going on this retreat? Like we're going. (laughs) Yeah. So like I'm manifesting it. I did buy a book about retreats. Haven't opened it yet, but it is on the list. Okay. Um, few things to do before that, but, uh, so yes, on the, on the trail to wanting to someday be someone who leads retreats, I started to kind of 
think about, you know, I used to lead professional developments for teachers and I got my master's in ed leadership. So adult learning and like all the things are in my wheelhouse. I hated presenting to teachers, sorry teachers, but y'all know how much you make fun of professional development. So please don't even come for me on that one. (laughs) All you see is memes of people being like, professional development's a waste of time. Like people just came there with this closed mind of like, this is gonna be a waste of time. It was awful. So I kind of had a little PTSD, um, (laughs) but I was actually at my eye doctor's office and I was having some weird stuff with my eyes. My eyes were like doing some weird stuff. And he's like, wait, so what's your new job? Um, and I told him I'm an Enneagram coach. I'm like, do you know what the Enneagram is? That's always my follow-up question. He's like, uh, yeah, I do. My wife is obsessed with it. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, do you mind sharing what your type is? You know, cause it's kind of a pretty in-depth thing. If you don't want other people to know about you, if you're a more private person, So we got into a conversation, which by the way, the reason why my eyes are changing is because I have less stress in my life. He said that I was so stressed that my eyes had tightened up. And now that I have less stress in my life, I can see more clearly. What? (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. I had to do like all these things to like figure out what my new, it was wild you guys. But with that, I just was like, I felt so skeezy doing this, but I had business cards made. Um, and I had them in my purse and I just like set it on his table and I was like, Oh yeah, if you want to follow me or your wife wants to follow me on Instagram, like here's my card, whatever. Not even two days later, I get this email from his wife and she's like, Hey, we've been trying to get an Enneagram expert come to our vision. Um, Uh, she also is an eye doctor and we (laughs) wanted to do a team building experience. And so I just worked it out with them. And, um, craziest thing was she had been talking to another Enneagram coach from another city. She didn't even know one was here in Des Moines and she had just kind of given up. Things weren't working out with her. And that's the day her husband came home with my card. (laughs) And so wild. And it was just, it felt really amazing to be in front of an amazing group of people who, you know, and doing my thing. So that was great. I had to like throw it together in two weeks, which seems like a lot of time, but it's not when you're also taking other clients and you have babies and all the things. So, um, it was, it was awesome. And then I had another, um, amazing per- I said, amazing a lot. It's amazing. Can you tell me? Okay. So <laughs> this other person who is also a coach, um, with this group of coaches called zero proof life, um, shout out zero proof life. They work with people who are newly sober or who are, um, kind of, um, sober curious. That's the other word they use sober curious. And so they, uh, the, the lead, one of the lead coaches had said, um, that she learned the Enneagram when she became sober and was, and just kind of needed a way to find a path in life because she didn't know who she was without alcohol. And she just found my Instagram and liked my stuff. And, So then I did four workshops for them and work with them for the whole month of July. And I got to meet like 50 of their members and do their typing sessions. And it was just amazing. And I just did my last workshop with them today, but, um, it was glorious. So that was that. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, I think it's so crazy because I mean, obviously like we were talking about like manifesting things and putting things into the universe is beyond measure, you know, because I mean, I think even today we were talking, um, I wasn't talking with you, but I was talking with our other friend, Nicole, and we were talking about how like amazing it is that you just bring up your business and bring up the Enneagram, like everywhere you go. And I know it like seemed like to you, it seems skeezy, but also at the same time, like you did it and look at what came out of it, you know? And I mean, obviously that's not 
what you think about it every single time, but it's so cool that, I mean, you just, you just put yourself out there with it like all the time. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I think it's because I'm super passionate about it and I haven't met a person who, you know, really gave it a shot, really engaged with it, really <clears throat> like, you know, was curious and open that didn't find it to be helpful in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was really going through my coaching training and everything, it was for me, I'm passionate about getting as many people as I can to, um, engage with the Enneagram at a level that helps them to feel hope and to feel like they have more control and they feel seen and heard and known. And, um, and, and that's, that's just kind of what is behind all of that passion is knowing how helpful it was for me and how helpful it's been for the people I've engaged with. I just want all the people, (laughs) any, any, there's no one person out there that wouldn't benefit from it somehow. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm, I feel like a zealot sometimes, but I'm just like, it's, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, I mean, even for me, like my journey with the Enneagram, like, I feel like I didn't really learn as much about it until you started talking more about it. I mean, obviously because I speak to you directly, so that's a whole other ball game with it. But I mean, like all the other like things that I'd been looking at or all like the random YouTube videos or just anything like that. It just doesn't really necessarily, they don't really go as in depth and kind of back to what you're saying. Like it's very meme, very, you know, very jokestery, which is good because I mean, it makes things like funny, relatable and all of that. Um, but it kind of like almost goes back into that level of, you know, like the Zodiac signs, like kind of, you know, like where we talked about with Ashley on our podcast before about like, you know, just kind of like scratching the surface of it, you know, and you do get very used to being like, oh, well, I'm a this because of this, or I'm a this because of this, but not understanding really like the whys or like the deeper meanings behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, the misconceptions that people might have of being like, what is that thing? Only nine types, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, maybe they get mistyped, so they don't really connect with their type. And so then it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, Or if, you know, here's the thing, not everybody wants to grow. And I know that sounds crazy, but some people are just fine being the hot mess they are, and they don't (laughs) feel like they need to do anything about it. Um, uh, First, you have to realize you're not perfect. First, you have to realize there's something about you that needs to grow and change. Then you can bring some awareness in. And that's a great tool with the Enneagram. You bring awareness to how do you think, feel, and behave. And then you kind of get this motivation to grow because you see these levels of development coming. And then you're like, but do I want to change? Because having the motivation to grow and having the motivation to step into growth are two different things. So just thinking about the growth isn't enough. You have to take action as well. And so if you choose to not change, then you won't grow. If you say, yeah, I want to grow, then you'll probably get some stuff out of it, but you really need a plan. You really need someone who knows the system, who knows the ins and outs. And of course you can read a book, you can do that, but having someone to bounce those ideas off, make your real life, um, situations come to life with where it's, seen in the Enneagram, then you have that extreme growth. Like each of my clients I work with, we do the levels of development. And at the end, they're like, Whoa, I went up like two or three levels during that time. Like that was freaking crazy. And they didn't know they were doing it at the time. They knew they felt better, but then they looked at the levels and they're like, okay, that is wild. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is wild. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's, it's kind of like, if you think about it too, if you think about like people, if they don't understand like the 
the growth of like the healthy growth and the mindsets and all those different things. Like if you equate it to something like a business coach, or if you equate it to like a teacher or something like that, like once you start working with someone that can, that they basically also can give you like a cheat sheet in a way, you know, like they give you a cheat sheet to help you understand where you can be and where you're at. And then it just helps you get to where you need to be. And it it just gives you so much of an understanding because kind of like what you're saying, like just looking in a book at something or just slowly learning how to do something, you're not really going to get to the place that you probably want to be. And it will become more frustrating because you're just, you're kind of, you kind of start to get stuck, you know, and you, yeah, you're on a hamster wheel and you're not getting to where you want to be. So then you're not, you're not going to want to grow from that. So taking that extra step to have someone else like help you through it is definitely like worth it. One of my favorite quotes, I'm dribbling water right now. Sorry. (laughs) One of my favorite quotes after a typing session was, wow, you just did more with me in one hour than I've been able to achieve in five years of reading books. And that was from a type eight client. So I'm gonna tell you right now, type eights don't give out compliments that easily. They're the protective controller and they really think they can handle things on their own. So that, that right there, I let that land. And I, I try to say that as much as possible. I'm like, see, you can read books for five years, or you could just meet with me for an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it is money to do it, but think about the value that you're getting out of that because you can spend that money on books or you can spend it on time with me and I can lead you to those resources specifically, um, pointed for you. But anyway, I'm not, I'm done selling my coaching. That's like a lot enough. I feel like that's all I've done. So like gross moving on. We are interviewing you. (laughs) You know, we can control the conversation for the way we want it to go. Sorry. (laughs) A resource you gave me was a book called calm the down. So (laughs) It's like, well, you know, there's, there's a book you might want to read. It's pretty interesting. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> well, it's also kind of the same thing with, I mean, again, you were talking about the value. Like think about Abby, for example, she has a different job. You know what I mean? She has a different job and a different career path that she's loving and enjoying and thriving it, you know, and not saying that that might not have happened, but think about like how much time and how much growth she was able to go through with you to help her make those decisions and feel like safe and secure and comfortable and what she needed to do to make that next step, you know? So, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a new job, but it can be like just a newfound growth and experience that you could have, you know? Yeah. A new goal, if you will. Yeah. yeah. A new goal. <laughs> well, and Chelsea too, like, I honestly could have kept meeting with you like forever. And yet, like, I loved that you even said uh, that you're like, I un- I know my scope of practice, like not being a mental health professional. And uh, at the end we had met for, I think a couple extra weeks. Cause I was like, Hey, I want to dive into this more. And then at some point you were like, okay, Abby, but now you have to go do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I love that part about taking action. Like, so yeah, if anyone is curious or questioning, like, oh, like coaches just like you said, you're like fearful that people think you're selling something. It's like, well, yes, you have something awesome to offer. And yet you also know, like, hey, now go and go and live, live the world that you want to live in, little birdie, right? Yes. Um, and it's hard because I've been with you for every week for this many weeks where you're going through all the things, and obviously I'm still there, I'm still present. Um, but yeah, I do really feel like, especially for a six who leans so much on their support system for that, you know, that checking in and that, 
um, wanting to get their advice and that like affirmation piece. Um, I don't think that you leaned on me too very much or anything like that, but I do think that like knowing that you could still have that reflection and that you, you had so many great practices in place already too, that it was like basically just like reframing for you why you were doing those practices. So you understood how important they were to, um, and you knew already, but just then like having that in-depth knowledge of that's why I have to be doing the, um, meditation practices, even if it's just for five minutes. Right. So, cause we yeah. talked about how sixes need grounding practices because they live in their head and they're searching for that sense of groundedness. Well, how do you get it? If you don't spend time grounding yourself, yeah. it's not possible. And if you don't know how to ground yourself, then how are you going to learn? Because good luck. <laughs> like, it's, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's hard. It's, it's not, it's not a simple thing. <laughs> and it's nuanced too, because some people think, oh, I have to sit still and never move. And you know, I, I have to just sit still. And like, I had a client who was also a six and she's like, you know what I realized I get out of my head when I listen to my music and I'm just like dancing around or I'm going for a walk or whatever. And she's like, then I'm out of my head. And I actually feel emotions because of songs. I have different playlists for different feelings, Danielle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I will put on my like yeah. emo yeah. playlist. If I really need to cry, I will right. put on my that is meditation people. So I feel like we need to like take off this, like, you know, yes, eventually it'd be great if you could get to the practice of sitting still and being with your inner witness and really like working through all the things. Um, but that's a lot of pressure for people who've never done that and maybe don't Mm -hmm. even really want to. So I just try to help people find all these different ways to find a grounding practice and balance their centers of intelligence, the head, the heart, and the body. So it's just a a huge thing for people. And, And for me, I, I was saying, like, I made a, stupid reel of me, like walking on a treadmill, like my boobs bouncing in the treadmill, like, <laughs> and I was just like singing a song and I'm like, dude, I feel so good right mm-hmm. now. I haven't felt yeah. this good in a while. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's like what we talk about so much on the podcast too, like getting into your body and getting, I mean, I remember that one episode that we had Abby, where you were, you're just, whew, you're in your feels. You're just, you're, you're having a rough time, man. Yeah. And I was like, you just gotta get in, you gotta get in, inter, inter time. And like, you know, hone in and like get back into your body and get it back into those practices because it really does help. Like, and I think we just, I think sometimes we forget that, you know, we get, so we live through life and just do what we have to do. And we just forget about like ourselves internally. And then that's when it just is hard, you know? Right. Yeah. Mindfulness looks different for everybody. And when I went through uh, yoga teacher training and we did like the meditation and breath work portions, uh, surprise, surprise. I hated it because I've, I had never before that tried to sit still with my thoughts. And it wasn't until even like five, six years later that I was like, okay, maybe this meditation thing, I should give this a try because I am going crazy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I love that idea of like, yeah, thinking of like a walk in nature as, mm-hmm. as grounding or like just even trying to focus on one thing, like, yeah, how some, like how the grass feels on your feet. You were giving mm-hmm. me that suggestion last week, Danielle, or mm-hmm. like cuddling with a loved one, like actually being present. Like so yeah. many of us are so multi, like doing some multitasking that yeah. And I, I am the biggest culprit of that. And I know so, and it can make me feel like I don't know what time and space is anymore. (laughs) And we think we're moving the needle because it's like so much is happening. But then when you have that moment, you're like, holy crap, what have I even done today? Like, have have I even sat down? Like, what did I do? Did I even take a moment to just like breathe? No, probably not. You know, 
Mm-hmm. That's hard. That's so cool. You get to see so much growth in all of your, all of your clients. Have you worked with an, a client of every number? Okay. Sorry. I keep saying number, but it's fine. Um, I've worked with a type one. Uh, well, as far as like typing, uh, sessions, I do believe I have typed every number now. Yes. I've done a one through nine typing session. There's some that are more common than others. Um, but as far as doing the elite life journey, uh, I've done sixes, sevens, nine, uh, one I'm currently working with. Um, I tried to work with some fours, but I feel like my style of coaching is almost like, um, just oppositional to the type structure. So should a four ever be interested in working with me again, I would do things quite differently. I think that I've, you know, changed as a coach, um, quite a bit, like fours have this inherent feeling that they're flawed. And so whenever anyone tries to quote unquote, fix or change them, it really gets at that core fear. So you can imagine working with a coach who's trying to get you to adjust and change. And, you know, I don't think I'm fixing anyone. No one's broken here, but you know, my idea would be that you want to move up the levels of development. And that's why you hired me as your coach. So part of that work is looking at what is flawed about you and coming to terms with it and seeing how that's affecting not only you, but those in your sphere of influence and, um, understanding that and making adjustments to your actions and behaviors and beliefs so that you can find freedom from what you're getting chained down with. And unfortunately for the fours I've worked with, they haven't really loved that part of things. Um, and I will say they are withdrawn type like nines and fives. They take more time to process. Um, I'm a present focused person. I process quickly. I move, move, move next level, next thing. Um, not as much as an assertive aggressive type, but I do kind of, and I'm a helper, so I want to help people. And so that helping aspect of things and that like next thing, next thing, you know, I like, I'm pushing for that movement with, with my clients in a way, but I've really backed off of that. And I've learned to like give them space and time to process. And I do think that should I ever get the chance to work with the four again, I will definitely space things out quite a bit more, give them a lot of, you know, like Danielle knows, like when I do a consult with people, I will straight up be like, yeah, I had a type seven that went through this and they didn't quite finish because they started on to the next thing, which is a type seven thing. Next, 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 next. And so you need to be fully immersed in this in order for it to do anything for you. It's not going to be like show up to a meeting and be done. It's, it's a lot of work too. So you have to take the actions and do them. Right. So I will be I'll, if I work with a four, I'll be like, just so you know, I've never had a four feel comfortable with this. So if you feel like it's not for you at any point in time, it's not going to hurt my feelings. Well, it will, but it will. <laughs> if you decide it's not for you, I'd rather you just stop and we'll just move on from that. And I hope you find something else. that's a better fit for you. And maybe even a type four coach would be better for you because they understand that, um, that feeling and that need that I, obviously it's oppositional to me because I have to grow to it. So Mm -hmm. I have to grow to a four. So I don't really like inherently have the same, um, you know, it's almost the opposite type of me. So it would make sense why it's difficult for me to work with them, but they're not difficult. It's just the two of us are 
not necessarily meshing. So, um, and I like would love to work with more types, but that's the only types that have engaged so far with my eight week elite life journey. And I only take four clients at a time so that I can really give them my full attention while I'm also doing typing sessions and, you know, building workshops and all, you know, all the things <laughs> and your retreats. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Eventually and retreats. Yeah. Planning your retreats. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I was going to say, I could see like specific types, right. Being drawn to this. I want to know more. I want to know more. Right. Like mm-hmm. the sixes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I have seen certain Enneagram coaches, uh, online that are maybe just type nine Enneagram coaches. Yeah. I'm like, that is right. It's very niche, but I mean, if that works in their business model, right. So that's pretty, I cool. really thought about being a type six coach for a while. I really did. I love, such working a good client. <laughs> I love working with sixes. They are, they are loyal. They ask questions. They put things into place. They don't mess around. They're respect responsible. And a lot of times they're racked with anxiety, stress, and overwhelm, which is exactly what I want to help people overcome. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm created it with that in mind, but it just, I feel like my program is actually created to work with sixes really well. And it works really well with the other numbers as I adjust it. Um, and as I like learn about those different numbers, as I work with them, um, types, whatever you want to call them. And so, yeah, I just feel like I would love to get the chance to work with another two to see what that is like, but I highly doubt that any two is going to take the time it takes to sit down for an hour a week and this is my, it's my challenge to you twos out there. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I don't have time for that. I'm taking care of everybody else. And it's like, I've, I've only typed a couple of people who are twos because they don't have time. And they also don't really want to engage in thinking about themselves like that for an hour. That's selfish to them. And so, um, it's hard for me to get very many twos and threes. They're already on to the next thing. They already know the next goal. So they don't have time to sit down and talk to a coach for an hour. And when I do a three, I'm like, okay, here's the next question. Like <laughs> they're just like ready for the next question. Oh, I did work with a three though. I did an elite life journey with a three. I'm sorry. I don't even know like how I forgot about that, but <laughs> I did work with a three, uh, back in the beginning of times as well. And it was, it, it was fun too. Um, So fives, they're the most withdrawn. They don't like to talk about themselves. So I think that they are also wanting to be self-sufficient. So I I don't know how many of them would really want to engage. Um, Sevens I work with eights. I think eights, you know, protective challengers. I think that they really want to be in charge and be in control. And so it would be rough for them to have a coach, but if they engage, I think they could go far with it as well. So and then nines, I mean, nines are amazing. Like just, I don't even have to get, I don't even have to talk about nines, but I just had the they're best in your life ever. <laughs> right. They're all yeah. surrounding you. <laughs> I, they are. I had the best time ever. My husband and I got to go on our anniversary trip to Napa, to Napa, California. I'm sorry. I just have to say it that way, but I don't really need to. Um, and while I was there, uh, I got to meet face to face with one of my clients who is a type nine. And when I met her, I had just like put this, like we had just booked this trip. I'm like, Oh my gosh, my husband and I just booked a trip there. And she's like, well, we'll have to meet up. And we did. And it was like, it was just so neat to be with a person who I'd talked to for many, many weeks and gotten to know so well and like meet face to face. So, and her cute dog too. <laughs> I saw that post. That was so cool. Yeah. Cause you are working with people all over the country. Like that's so cool. Mm-hmm. I even did a typing session with someone overseas as well. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. oh. 
somewhere in England. I don't know. She told me, but I don't. I'm not a geographical person. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's somewhere out there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, you're touching so many people all over the world. And it's amazing. <laughs> Chelsea made a very laugh. That was a deep one. Well, she made a very silly face, and I was laughing. (laughs) But yeah, I received that compliment. I'm really bad at taking compliments. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, "All right, we're moving on." Just as bad as you are at setting goals, I'm that bad at taking compliments. (laughs) Like earlier when you were like, "Yeah," because then Abby made all this growth. I wanted to just be like, "No, that was her. She did that." It's like. I know taking compliments sometimes is, is a weird experience. You're kind of like, okay, cool, sweet, thanks. <laughs> was, it, was it you, Chelsea, or did I hear somebody else in the mental health world say, like, when someone compliments you, instead of being like, oh, no, don't like being like, I received that. That was me. Was That's also like, it doesn't release Myers say that too, or I don't receive that is what she said. Yeah, that's like when someone puts you down or whatever. Yeah. yeah that but this is more like if someone will give me a genuine compliment and the first thing I want to do is to like run away from it but I also want to be loved and appreciated what the fuck is that <laughs> yeah. so instead I try to say I receive that which is kind of fake it till you make it because mm-hmm. eventually I start to receive it you know I let mm-hmm. it in I let like I always talk to clients too about like no one's saying you have to flippity flop go from never setting a goal to setting all the goals everywhere right but where is there a a space and place in your life where you can inch in a little bit of that growth piece where you know you can find success don't do it somewhere where you're like oh i'm never gonna then don't do it there find somewhere where you can be successful with it and you're not changing who you are you're adjusting and finding space and room for these things that are going to bring growth into your life and bring um, you know, whatever that core desire is and bring kind of that, uh, remove the overwhelmed feeling a little yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to steal that whole segment that you just shared because, uh, I worked with a client today and that is exactly what they needed to hear. And that, that was good. Steal away. Yes. And then tell them to receive it. I have a visual where it's like, okay, when I'm talking about the growth and stress arrows, it's like your, you know, it's like a rectangle, a rectangle. It's like your current state of being. And then like the growth aspects you have of your type, because everybody inherently has some of those things. Like Danielle said, she can set goals. It's not that she Mm -hmm. cannot, Mm -hmm. it's just that it's not her forte. Mm -hmm. And so then when people see the growth things, you're like, I have to become that type. No, no one's asking you to do that. So then I show them just the next rectangle is, um, consistent incremental change over time incremental consistent change over time. So it's like just inching away at some of those behaviors that you know you don't want to have or that you do want to have and making those changes consistently is what's going to lead you to that great growth over time. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. smallest things. So, yeah. Another one for you. Boom, drop knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> take it all. Take it all in. Take it all in. <laughs> you can find me at eliteenneagramcoaching.com. No, i <laughs> trademark that shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) got a tm over here um (laughs) yes i think i think no matter what like always having that moment to just understand like how you can grow and just taking the time to be like you know I'm a great person and I can be amazing you know (laughs) yes and I will tell you being a coach has helped my growth path immensely. I will not ask people to do things that I am not willing to do myself. And I'm not sitting over her saying that I'm like miss top of the health, like always doing all the right things. Like 
taking care of my, no, I'm a real life person who has stressful days, bad days. Um, and I try to put that out on my Instagram too, where I'm like, today sucks. So here's what I'm, I'm going to say today sucks. I'm not going to try to bright side it. I'm not going to try to make it seem like everything's great. I'm going to let things suck. I'm going through a lot of personal life things right now that really freaking suck, like bad stuff. Right. So, um, leaving space for that and leaving it like leaving space in your emotional landscape for whatever feelings come up and not thinking of them as good or bad, but thinking of it as, you know, is it productive for me to sit with some of these negative feelings right now so that I can work through them? Um, or is it unproductive and is it actually causing me to spiral out, you know? So like, instead of those categories of good and bad productive and unproductive is like the key to unlocking that piece of like not feeling shame for whatever feelings you have that maybe are, you know, if you're furious with someone or angry, be freaking furious. It's just how you use that, that anger, you know, are you going to go throw a chair at someone or go through a chair at a pillow or something mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense <laughs> <laughs> throw a chair at a pillow <laughs> you never know man maybe you're just kind of like tossing it <laughs> do you throw chairs from time to time people i i go to eight and stress and i have been known to throw a damn chair but not at someone just down the ground or a phone or throw it on the ground my point and I look like a child and <laughs> afterwards I hate myself but like I threw the chair okay god damn it I think I'll call Danielle and I'm just crying and I'm like I threw a chair and she's just like oh god what has happened the last time I talked to you you were like oh it's all good no, I was like no matter oh, how there's a chair moment like what's happening no matter oh, how much the chair level we all can revert back to those like primal things i yes. have slapped a door before or, like, <laughs> oh. Oh. slapping doors slapping doors over here well, it sounds better than punchy like tell us Danielle, oh. what do you because anger is not a thing that eights really or six i can't talk nine, nine. i know i mean i feel like i'll do a pout from time to time <laughs> <laughs> I'll either pout or I'll have like a really intense lashing out of anger. And it's like, holy shit, where did that go? <laughs> I need. It's like a scary, like, intense moment. It's all the repressed anger that just comes out as this, like, and it's usually not about the thing that's actually making you mad. Like no. when you're talking, you'll all of a sudden you'll be like walking around your apartment, talking to me at Marco Polo really fast. It was like, ah! and I'm like, yeah. I need it there. It's like, yeah, I got really mad there. That was the moment. Shit just came out. Like, it's just a big moment. Explosion happened. I need Gotta someone to make a meme of Chelsea throwing a chair. <laughs> Deep punch in the door. Don't you worry. I, I will I will do it. <laughs> With also like the steam coming off. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, you guys. Oh, yeah. That. That wow. was a really big laugh. Sorry, audiences, if I like broke your eardrums with that. <laughs> I yeah. wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Me pouting? Yes, because we're talking about like, oh my gosh, when I'm angry, I do this. And you're like, I pout. That's a type nine. I mean, you. when That's I'm angry, I will pout. I'll just be like, what the fuck? No, you turtle. You, you tummy turtle. You get into your turtle shell and pout. And then I like, become oh, very- Danielle's turtling again. There she I goes. I become very passive aggressive. <laughs> yes. The 
dark and twisty place. I go oh. to the dark and twisty passive aggressive place. <laughs> so many nines are listening right now and they're like, oh, I feel so seen. <laughs> so many twos who get to their eight and just like throw shit. Like I just look around here. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of stuff I could throw if I got really mad. <laughs> Abby's slapping doors. I just imagine like this door slap. Like, okay, so explain to me how this door slapping doors, slapping doors. Slapping doors. So yes, it's instead of a punch, you just hit open palm. Like, just, <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know why, but I was imagining like just like, you know, like if you slap someone's face, like that was yeah. what I was imagining with the door. <laughs> like, like slapping at like an angle, not like an actual like palm slap. I don't know. <laughs> I have slapped a door too. I really have. Yeah. And I, I like to scream into pillows. Yeah. I could go up to my bedroom and just put my face into a pillow and scream so loud. And then I like kick the pillow, hit the pillow. Like this is again in like rageful moments. People need to understand I'm not like a rageful person. And it hasn't happened that often. But if I don't do that shit, then five days later, I'm going to have a panic attack because I just held it all down and didn't let it out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, productive versus unproductive. Right. Was the chair throwing productive? Probably not. It got my point across that I was a kid, but that's about it. Right. I think I like stubbed my toe on the way out too. And then I slammed the door. Oh. And I tried to leave in my car and like hit something with my door. It's fine. It's good. It was really, it was very mature. Stubbing toes is the worst. I'm pretty sure I've permanently broken both of my pinky toes. Like. Several times. But that's also my self-preservation stuff too, where I'm like, Revert, like I'm constantly getting hurt. I'm constantly falling into things, losing shit. I never know where anything is. I'm currently, I don't know where my credit cards are. Like I don't, I just don't know where things are. I leave it constantly everywhere. Um, I, I just can't help myself. So it's pretty fun. And that's also what I put to bring this back all around Danielle and her, like, it's not yeah. going to happen anymore because yes. she's, she's no longer, we're manifesting, we're manifesting. Safe travels for Danielle from now yes. on. But all mm-hmm. of her like travel things, some of it's totally out of her hands. But I think some of it is the self-preservation repress where she just like kind of doesn't take care of herself. And the next yeah. thing she knows, she's like, I was just in the bathroom. Where'd the bus go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just kind of, and because I'm so just laid back about it and yes. kind of like, oh, whatever. Like I was telling, I was telling that to my aunt while I was crying at the gas station, by the way, but I was telling my aunt, like, I was just like, yeah, like crying into your godfather's pizza. <laughs> yeah, basically I was like, why is this my life? Like, what is happening? And I'm like in California. Oh my God. We have to tell them about like the jokes yes. position. Uh, I, okay. Yeah. Okay. This is, this will, sh- okay. This, and these are the things that I have to tell myself on a regular basis. Like, these are the moments where I have to be like, Danielle, you are a normal human being. <laughs> like, you're a successful, great person. <laughs> but sometimes shit just hits the fan. <laughs> so, Lay it on me. So, as I'm sitting in the gas station parking lot, oh yeah, we didn't even, whatever, we didn't even tell the story of what happened, but that'll be for another podcast episode. You kind of did in your last, in the one episode you said you got like stuck, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so as I was sitting in the gas station after the bus left me, um, and I was just like, you know, just, but this was before the bus left me, actually, I think. Yes, this is before the bus left me. And so I'm sitting in the gas station, just, or the thing, just chilling, and they have Godfather's Pizza, and you can get these like little mini Godfather's Pizzas. I love Godfathers. Like our friends love Godfathers. It's like, it's like our happy place. Right. So I'm super excited about it. I'm sitting there, you know, with my bag, with my stuff, the whole nine yards. And we have Marco Polo. We're chatting all back and forth, having a good old time. 
our dear friend Chelsea and her husband are talking to Marco Polo about how they're in first class, like drinking champagne, going to Napa. Go what? And like what? And Danielle's like, oh, well, I just want to get back on this Marco Polo and just explain the fact that I'm fucking sitting in a gas station with. Four mini pieces <laughs> of Godfather's pizza. Four little mini pieces and waiting and chilling because my bus had just broken down. That, that was what was happening. And then I was like, goodbye. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, I can't talk anymore. The plane's taking off. I have to drink my champagne. No, <laughs> no. All this leg room. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here. Oh. Like, and then, you know, a little bit later, the bus left me. So I mean, like, it just got worse and worse, but I was there for you. I yes, listened you to you while I was you in my rental convertible in <laughs> yes. San Francisco. Yes, yeah. she was. She's like, how's it going? And then, and then I went and stayed in her basement. So I mean, when like, I wasn't even home. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. We Everything's just need this little like peak because I'm sorry. That was hilarious. And I was like, oh, should I not? I'm like, no, Danielle's happy for me. It's fine. <laughs> yes, but then totally like fine. everything went so wrong. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> Danielle like, literally oh, is. The like, show would you like an here. update? I'm still in the gas station. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we made it to our hotel. It's beautiful. <laughs> I was just like, just, it's just like, just well, beautiful. I'm just waiting for Bob to come pick me up to take <laughs> Just wait for the random Greyhound retired bus driver <laughs> to drive me to the bus station. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it was well, fine. It was good. And, and that is right there, folks. What she just said. It's fine. That is mm-hmm. the common phrase. Just get it printed on a t-shirt. Type nines. <laughs> it's fine. That is fine. <laughs> no, that's 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 not fine. <laughs> That is 100% a very, very, very common phrase in my vocabulary. It is. Yep. <laughs> oh, shoot. It's fine. I'll figure it out. That's usually what I say. It's fine. I'll figure it out. It'll be okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. It's fine. We're going to be fine. <laughs> or I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> So oh good. my gosh it is what it is <laughs> there it is another one you guys yep. i'm crying crying oh. <sighs> i'm just imagining danielle pouting on the side of the road waiting oh yeah i was oh, full on tears right like that's yeah. a tear situation yeah like i mean it wasn't at first like there's a while there where i was just wandering around like pacing on the phone like yeah and even when the bus driver or the Greyhound was like, well, is there a way that you could get to Des Moines or get to Davenport? I'm like, I took a bus here. Like, I can't, I don't, I don't know how you think I'm going to get to Davenport. Tried, I will say I was super duper proud of you for like, she was like, I'm calling them back. I'm going to da 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 And she wasn't just like sitting back. She was like, I'm calling them. I'm going to make sure that they yeah. know where I am. And da 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 I was like, mm-hmm. yes, girl, you do that. You tell them where you are. And they still effed it up. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, like, she had to oh, hitchhike with Bob, thank goodness yeah. for small towns. Like, what the hell? <laughs> good old Bob. It was, oh, it was good. <laughs> Y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, wild times. life is what it is. <laughs> I keep it interesting is what I like to say. Keep it interesting, guys. <laughs> you do. <laughs> oh, man. Well, oh, my gosh. I mean... Chelsea. Uh, 
This is I don't want to stop talking, but people are going to get bored. So we yeah. Should call no, it. We should probably wrap it up. Our clothes, our clothes. Well, do you have an Instagram versus reality? Have you been thinking about Yes. That? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, we spoke about it earlier. Um, so I'll just kind of maybe, you know, bring it up again. But I feel like Instagram shows the Enneagram as memes, as little short blurbs, as little like, oh yeah, type sixes do this thing. And like, it just kind of represents it as this surface level thing. Um, And then behind or under the iceberg in real life, it's literally a life-changing tool for people to make self-growth. And so, um, you know, it's not this thing where you can just be like, well, I'm a type six. So that's why I act that way. And like, get away with your poor behavior because like, that's just what happens when you're a six. Um, and so I feel like it's just, I want to take the opportunity to say like, of course I'm on Instagram and I do share short little blurbs about things and it can be helpful, but there's so much more behind those blurbs that you're connecting with, um, to learn and to grow. And so, you know, I just, I really encourage people to lean into, what the Enneagram is really for, which is that psychological development and helping you to basically release yourself from those core fears and desires and not feel so held back by them anymore and learn more about yourself. So, um, that's my Instagram versus reality, but done. Yay. That was such a good one. And where can I receive that? (laughs) Where can you find me? Um, elite Enneagram coach. Um, Enneagram is Ennea, E-N-N-E-A, and then Graham as an Instagram, um, elite Enneagram coach. And I also have a website. Um, I'm mostly active on Instagram, but I got someone working on that. So I'm trying to get on the tickety talks and I'm trying to get on, um, you know, all the places, all the spaces, but as I grow, that's where I'm going to be. I'm super excited because in the next coming months, I'm going to be launching some courses, Um, that'll definitely be at a price point that's more accessible for people if they can't afford the whole elite life experience, but they can still, um, enter into it with some one-on-one coaching and then kind of go on their own growth path, utilizing the courses, the online courses, the self-paced type of thing. So, um, look for that coming up. I'm just getting, you know, getting started with that. So it'll be a little bit, but, um, and then of course the retreats, man, just, yeah. Put it on your list for like next year sometime. (laughs) (laughs) And you never know. Chelsea might have a podcast of her own someday. So, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of things. (laughs) You never know. You just keep following me. I go live. I like to answer questions and do all those things too. So, and if you haven't done a typing session, just do one. You won't Mm -hmm. regret it. It's so fun. It's also kind of scary and you'll cry too, maybe, but you know, it's fine. (laughs) Just have some Godfather's pizza about it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, you know, it won't hurt anything. All it'll do is help, you know. And you know, I won't judge you because I'll probably turn around and go like screaming a pillow later or something. (laughs) You really can't tell me something that's gonna surprise me. (laughs) Right. Uh, well, you guys, I'm so happy you had me back on again. This was everything I thought it would be and more. So I really appreciated talking with you ladies again. And yes, um, thanks for having me. Of course. Well, thanks for being on and being yeah. one of our most loyal fans and thank catch- you. Yeah. And catching us up on your journey. It was so good. And I hope our listeners got so much from it. We definitely know that they will. And it's going to be fabulous and we'll probably marco polo tomorrow so right exactly (laughs) 
Well, yes. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And that's our show. Thank you so much for taking the time during your morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time you did to listen. But we would love to hear more from you. We'd love to hear more from you. So make sure you join us on Facebook at Real Life Podcast with Abby and Danielle. And like and subscribe to our podcast. If you're not an Apple user, we are actually on Spotify as well. But on Apple, you can leave us a review. But don't forget to leave us a review on Facebook as well.